You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, I'm terrible at self-promotion, and I know that people won't believe me when I say that. One of the things I'm accused of constantly is being a self-promoter. But ask anybody I've ever worked with, any of my bosses, the, the head of the newspaper. Um, I'm just terrible at self-promotion, uh, at cross-promoting. I'm, I, you know, I've, I only remember to mention the existence of, you know, the Savage Love app, or you know, the the my blog, or my column even on the podcast if. Uh, one of the tech-savvy at-risk youth, or my boss, marches into the room and gooses me and says, cross-promote, mention your Twitter feed, mention your fucking column every once in a while. Um, so I haven't been talking on the podcast very much about this thing that's happened to me and is about to happen to you or the world called Savage You, which is a fine television program that will begin broadcasting tonight on MTV. Uh, that of course, MTV of course stands for Music Television, and this show, Savage You, is MTV's first foray into non-music, non-music video-related programming. I believe that to be true, um, and uh, I need to talk about it. I need to promote it, and I'm bad at this. I'm bad at self-promotion. I should have been mentioning Savage You really for weeks and weeks and months and months. It's been I know it's been coming because uh, I was out there last fall shooting it. Uh, and now here we are, the, the, actually the day the show premieres, and I'm finally giving over the top of the show to mentioning Savage You, Tuesdays on MTV at 11 p.m. after 16 and Pregnant. Uh, I like to think of my show as you know the unofficially titled 18 and Not Pregnant, because it's about me giving advice to college students, most of whom are 18 or over and not pregnant, hence the whole being in college thing. Uh, but since I'm so bad at self-promotion, I invited... My old tour wife, Lucy, to join me for this podcast because I think she's better at this self-promotion. Tell these people why the fuck they should watch this show because I, I, I'm bad at <laughs> asking people to, 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 to go there with – to do anything I – you know, I'm bad, I'm bad at self-promotion. You, you tell them why they should watch. Tell them why. They can watch you give advice in action. Watch your candid reactions and – Watch my bony old gay face <laughs> react in horror to some of the things I'm being told by – the youth of America. Of course. <laughs> uh, Lucy and I are sitting in a hotel room in New York City. New York City. It's my favorite place for sitting in a hotel room with Lucy. Uh, where I'm, I'm here for the premiere. We're going to have a party this week. We're going to get back together. Get the whole gang back together. Um, everybody who worked on the show. We're all going to get hammered and <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Actually, I'm really excited. Are you? I'm very. I think I'm more excited than I know. I'm more excited than, than, you than I are. am. You're excited about your first alcoholic beverage in your oh, life. Your first stop. cocktail. <laughs> so how you been? We've been missing you. I know. Okay, first let's talk about the haters. Some people out there in podcast land hate you, yeah. and to them we say, "Fuck off!" Not your podcast. You're free to do your own podcast without Lucy. But every once in a while, I reserve the right, as you know, the savage of Savage Lovecast, to do whatever the fuck I want, including inviting the universally loathed and despised Lucy Place onto the podcast with me to help me give advice. Thanks. Welcome. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. We want this to be a safe space for you. Thank you. I feel safe. So what have you been doing since we stopped filming? Working in television. Weird. Without me. Crazy. I, I feel know. cheated on. I'm sorry. There's just too much television. Not enough Dan Savage. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, uh, yeah, television, Dan Savage. 
Have you seen any clips of the show yet? Not since we stopped working on the show. Since we stopped, you and I stopped working on the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really excited. I don't know what they've done to it. <laughs> I'm you, sure it's great, though. When Every other time we recorded a podcast together, you were my tour wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically meant you had to do anything I asked. But you're not my tour wife anymore. We got kind of tour divorced because the show stopped shooting. You're no longer under contract. You don't have to obey me in all things to keep me sane and content uh, on the road. Um, so I actually kind of feel like uh, you should ask me to do something. Ask you to do something? I couldn't even... <laughs> My mind is blown. I still feel like uh, an urge to take care of you, though, when I'm with you. I appreciate that. It's true. Like I just said, I'm your mommy. You are my mommy. But more your wife. My tour wife. More your wife. And a tour wife, of course, is someone who uh, does your laundry, gets you food, and doesn't fuck you. Exactly. Which is what you did for me. Exactly. In the interim, though, since we stopped filming, you were someone else's bitch? Tour Uh, wife? Tour wife. But there was no tour. It was just show that shot here. Correct. I worked on Styled by June, which is on VH1. And we'll be actually, it's still airing now. Wow. And and who did you like working with more, me or June? I think you and I have a deeper friendship than I had. A stronger connection? Yes. And that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Okay, well, I'm happy to have you here. We're going to take some questions, uh, Savage Love Style on the Savage Love Cast. And maybe we'll uh, tell a few stories about being on the road with Savage You. Sounds good. For folks who'll be watching tonight. 11 p.m., MTV. Savage you, y'all have to watch. Your calls after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 27-year-old female. I recently had a uh, pretty um, quick but horribly painful breakup for me personally. (laughs) Um, it's probably karma because this is the first time I ever have really loved someone and the first time anybody has ever um, really broken up with me and it wasn't like a mutual decision uh, to end the relationship. And it was it was very sudden. Uh, I felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me. Um, I was dating this guy. He was uh, in the Army. Um, we had not been seeing each other for very long, probably only... Um, two or three months, but it was pretty intensive. And, uh, you know, we, right from the start, we were um, trying to figure out where we were, where each of us were in our lives. Um, we both realized that we wanted to settle down and start getting serious about someone. And um, he he would tell me things like, um, we make beautiful babies together. Um, he, wants, he wants to have children with me, that he could see us together in the long run, that um, he'd never met anybody as special as me and that he never felt this way about anybody that he's dated. And uh, it takes a lot for him to connect and, you know, all that jazz makes you feel special. Um, and then uh, he had to go to, uh, he's a medic. He had to go down to a hospital to get his certification for a month. And then um, I started, he, he wasn't much of a text at the beginning and I knew that, um, but he would still send me sweet text messages like, I miss you so much. And, I can't wait to come home and see you. Um, but then that started, uh, he was down at the hospital for a month and that started to wane. 
Um, and I felt a, a distance growing, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to, you know, he, he was under a lot of pressure and I didn't want to, um, you know, be needy when he was going through all this stuff to get ready for his deployment. So long story short, I felt the distance, didn't say anything. He was only back for really one weekend um, that we could hang out. And it, there were always, there were, you know, his friends were saying goodbye to him. So there were parties going on. I felt like I was being ignored at these parties. Uh, and I felt like, um, I felt like he was kind of seeing someone else, um, but he didn't have any time to. He wouldn't have had any time to. But then, so he goes up to um, get ready for his deployment. We knew going into this relationship that he would be gone for, it was supposed to be six weeks, and then it turned into uh, back and forth for a year or so. Um, and that happened after he got up um, to get ready for his deployment. And then I didn't hear from him for over a week. And then two days after Valentine's Day, uh, he breaks up with me via text message. And he said, and I know you take on this, and I know what people have said. I know I'm not going to like the answer. But he said, it's not, it's not you, it's me in this job. And when I, when I pressed, he just said, what can I say? You're amazing. This is just not meant to be. I'm terribly sorry, terribly. And, um, and that's all he would really say. And then um, I, I tried to continue texting him. I tried to call him to talk about it. And um, he wouldn't return my calls and my text messages. And I guess, I guess I'm calling because I, I feel kind of lost. I, I really cared about him. And I know that he's not the person that I thought he was. But I know I'm 27. I should be used to breakups. But um, this was a hard one. And I just wanted to know if you have any tips. I, I can't keep thinking about him. We were all set to make fun of her, weren't we, until the end? Yeah, it made me really sad. Me too. You got dumped. And you got played. Yeah. And he's an asshole. Um, and your heart is broken, in part because you weren't with him long enough to see the asshole for the asshole that he was. Uh, you know, sometimes when you get dumped during that, you know, infatuation stage, the honeymoon stage, when it's all hopes and dreams and no sort of perspective on the reality that this other human being is a human being with faults and flaws it can be doubly shattering mm -hmm. because you're just so invested in this idea of what the relationship could have been uh, and you do feel kind of sucker punch and what you have to remind yourself is the guy in the way that he treated you in the way that he dumped you has revealed himself to be not the guy that you wanted to be with not the person that you were so infatuated with he revealed himself to be an asshole and you're well rid of him. Yeah, I would say on that note, congratulations for this breakup. It doesn't feel good now. It might not feel good for a little while. But you need to remember all the negative things as well. You seem to be talking a lot about what he did and how you felt. But then if you felt ignored or felt that he was with someone else, odds are he probably was ignoring you or he probably was with someone else. And you were in love with the idea of him and your own capacity to love, mm -hmm. which is not damaged. No. That's inside you, and you can take that gift and give it to some other dude who's more deserving of your time and your affections, but it's going to hurt. Like, there's literally nothing I can say that's going to make this not hurt. It's going to hurt, and you're going to cry, and you're going to have to get through it with the help of bad movies, not rom-coms. Please don't go see rom-coms, but bad movies and Ben and Jerry's and... Medical marijuana and good friends who will listen to you go on and on about this for a little while and then tell you to shut the fuck up and move the fuck on already. Like, there's a, there's a point at which you shut up and move on. Uh, even a point at which you pretend to have moved on when you haven't 
by shutting up and pretending. Uh, and you're not there yet. You will be soon. Like, wallow. Have a nice wallow. You got your heart stomped on by an asshole. Have a nice wallow. Have a sob. Go see some movies. Get stoned out of your mind. Down some ice cream. Go to the fucking gym. Fuck some other boys. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to tell? Has this happened to you? Something similar? No. Why do guys do this? Why do guys do this? Why do they roll out the romance when all they want is the pussy? I think, well, because then they know they've got you. And I think some people like the idea of you the said romance. That while we were listening, you said... You said he got her good. He got her good. What did you mean by that? I meant maybe he was genuine in that moment. The but pessimist to so. me thinks, yeah, he thought it was a good way to hold on to you really tightly until he was done with you. And, I mean, too fast, too soon. If I'm... Yeah, if I'm, I, I'm touching my nose. Oh, too yeah. fast, too soon. Any guy who, within a couple of weeks, is talking about marrying you and making babies with you... Is one of two things, a liar mm-hmm. or a moron. Because even if he's feeling that at two or three weeks or three months, that's not something you say out loud yeah. at three months because it betrays bad judgment. It, it, what it says is, I have no sense, I have no self-control, I have no boundaries, I have no filters. You don't want to be with somebody who has no boundary sense or filters. So even if you, know, you might feel that at three months... But you don't say it unless you're saying it to say that I shouldn't say this. Unless you're, you're qualifying it with, I'm having these feelings, they may or may not be true, we're still getting to know each other, but you know, if I feel this way about you like a year from now or two years from now, I feel the way I do now after you know we've gone through the discovery process and we start smelling each other's farts, I see we could have a future. But you don't say like, oh baby babies, oh baby yeah babies, at three months, unless you're a liar or a fool. Or like 16 years old. Or 16 years old. And if you're dating someone, if you're this invested emotionally in someone who's a liar, a fool, or 16... Congratulations, you got rid of them. Yeah, you needed to get your heart stopped. You needed to learn yeah. a lesson here. You needed to not let yourself get carried away invested in someone who is demonstrating to you that they are not relationship material by going too fast, too soon, and over-promising out of the gate. Ice cream, movies, porn, sex, fuck somebody else, hang out with your friends. All at once. Hey, Dan. Uh, this is uh, a military guy. I have an extensive military experience, and um, uh, my military experience has uh, leaded me to have non-extended relationships. And uh, I'm still in college and whatnot, and I'm, I'm trying to have an extended relationship. And the problem is I'm used to covering my bases, and I... Uh, I may not invest in any one girl as much as I should, and I really don't know what the rules and etiquettes are for hoping for a serious relationship and achieving one when you don't solely invest in one girl. But the thing is, I've been burnt a lot, and, you know, I try to diversify. I, I, I don't know. I could really use some rules of engagement on this sort of thing. I'm not sure I'm quite comfortable with this caller's use of the, 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 the terminology rules of engagement because that usually refers to when, you know, in a military context, you're allowed to kill people. <laughs> when you're allowed to shoot them, those are the rules of engagement. I think you might want to pick another term. I think what you mean is, what do I tell these bitches? I guess. I like that he wants to diversify, though, like it's a stock portfolio. <laughs> it does sound that. like he swallowed one of those books you see businessmen reading on airplanes <laughs> yeah. that are just full of... Business jargon and horseshit. Uh, what do you tell women and 
it sounds like you want to keep all your options open. When you say diversify, I take that to mean you want to have more than one girl and more than one port. Yeah, well, I'm confused. He wants a long-distance relationship. How do you maintain one? I think he's saying, in his brain, that sounds like a really nice idea, but you do not sound like you want a long-distance relationship. Well, you sound like you want to hook up with yeah, a lot of different people. At least not a long-distance relationship. Singular. Yeah. You may want long-distance relationships. Plural. But you're, it doesn't sound... You're, you're aiming to diversify in rules of engagement. Here, here's what you do. You don't lie to people. And you don't let them make assumptions about your intentions that you know to be untrue. That you disabuse people of assumptions that you know to be untrue. You don't do what the first caller's pseudo-boyfriend did to her. You don't tell somebody a bunch of appalling lies, get their hopes up in order to get into their pants, and then walk away because that's going to hurt their fucking feelings. And you can get laid and you can hook up and you can have cheap and meaningless sex without hurting people. Because there's lots of people, women included, out there who just want to get fucked. And your mission, if you just want to have a, like, a lot of sex and you're young and hung and full of cum, is to go find those girls. I'm sitting next to one. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they are out. They are not only out there, they're in here, in this hotel room. Waiting wait, for you. Waiting for you, because I'm not going to do it for her. <laughs> Lucy needs you, but you don't have to lie to get a Lucy into bed, do you? No, please don't lie, because then I'll just hate you. I don't want to hate you. Yeah, and Lucy, Lucy will track you down and skin you alive. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so don't lie, because you don't want, you know, somebody that you lied to to call me and cry, no. like the previous caller. And you don't have to lie. What you want to do is find a girl who may be open to a relationship, but at least at the outset is open to something non-committal, uh, and that you're not in a position where you can be someone's boyfriend. You don't want to attract somebody who's looking for a boyfriend. You, you, you don't want to get a girlfriend who wants you to be more than you're capable of being or providing more than you're capable of providing right now. Find your Lucy. She's out there. She's in here with me. We exist. She's touching herself and it's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is Drift, The Unmooring of American Military Power by Rachel Maddow, narrated by Rachel Maddow. It's getting stellar reviews. I am uh, going to read it. I acquired it today uh, at my local independent bookstore, but you can get it at audible.com for free uh, to test out their service. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That is audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hey, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old gay man living in uh, New England, and I have a problem. I seem to not be able to move on from a past relationship. I know it sounds like a pretty basic problem, but uh, I, I'm having a really hard time. I was together with this guy for four years. Uh, throughout college and then for about a, a year or so after college. And, yeah, I, I, we broke up, and it's been over two and a half years, and I still can't really seem to move on. I don't know if part of it is that he is really not dating anyone still, and, and I, I have yet to date anybody uh, in two and a half years. I don't know if part of it is maybe he still uh, has a pretty... Uh, strong connection with my mom. They talk not every day and, you know, certainly not every week, but, but they talk on the phone and they have a relationship still. And 
I know I care for his family very much still. And again, I know it, it seems like a, a pretty basic problem. I can't move on, you know, but I, I don't know. I have a really good, strong network of friends and, and they all have differing opinions about whether I should just like plain old cut him out of my life or whether I should talk with him and try to, I, I don't, I don't know. I, and I, I trust your advice. So what should I do? Well, we tried to call you, mm-hmm. but you didn't recognize my number, and so you didn't answer your phone. Boo. Would have been helpful to know why you broke up, why the relationship came to an end, what the connection is still like. Because uh, maybe you you two cocksuckers should get back together. You know, if, if there's something there, there's something there. But if there's some like big fat fucking reason why you can't be together, it would have been nice to know that caller so yeah. I could give some informed advice. We really can't help this dude. Really? No, let's talk about something else. Okay. Let's talk about the TV show. Yay! What was your favorite part about being out on the road filming? Oh, my favorite part... I liked living in hotels, actually. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? But I really liked meeting... I did like meeting all the kids on campus and like all of their varied issues. I just graduated from college. We're not allowed to call them kids. I'm a kid, though. We have to call them... Ladies and gentlemen adults. that we met. The adults. But it was neat to see like the different trends of problems in different states and mm-hmm. it was weird I yeah know, it was I liked it. one of the things i liked was the going to U- university of california at irvine was one of the schools we mm-hmm. visited and it's kind of the school that everyone who didn't get asked to prom winds up at which is you know i didn't get asked to prom uh <gasps> well yeah i was like a crazy fag with long hair um <laughs> there was no prom for me uh and what was cute about the questions there they were all so basic how do I tell somebody I think is cute that I think they're cute? How do I ask a girl out on a date? How do I get kissed for the first time? I just felt like I'd fallen into Pleasantville somehow through some kind of wormhole. Uh, and then you go to, you know, a Cornell, and all the questions are, how do I have a six-way? How do I tie somebody up so they can't move at all? Like, varsity questions. Mm-hmm. Um and I really thought Irvine was kind of sweet and actually more innocent uh, in a lot of ways than Auburn, which was the school we all felt Ooh, in yeah. Alabama. We all felt that was going to be kind of our stand-in for Liberty or Brigham Young or all these universities that would never have us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was really University of California at Irvine, all the sweet, innocent, virgin, never-been-kissed, never-been-fucked folks at Irvine. We still think of you fondly. Yes. Did you fuck any students when we were out on the road? People are always wow. asking me, 12 weeks... 12 campuses, uh, did I fuck anybody? And I didn't. You were there. Did I fuck anybody? No, no, you didn't. That's true. Unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah, no, I didn't fuck. I fucked Terry when he came to visit. Are we allowed to? I don't think. Nothing in your contract says you can't fuck an adult. That's Um, true. But I just sort of have a blanket policy against... uh, Children? Fucking college students. I guess I could, because it would be my age. Yeah, you could do it. So that'd be fine. But no, I did not get any offers, sadly. (laughs) From the students. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot when we were doing these podcasts when we were on the road about the fact that we were not getting laid, right? I know. No one took it. Well, you were hit on, though. I got hit on, but you got you got some in the end. I did. I did. It was good. You got the ass ring right <laughs> at the end. You reached for it and grabbed the ass ring. I needed it. Hi, Dan. I'm a uh, 18-year-old living in Oregon, and I have a question for you. Uh, a little while ago, you made mention to one of the fandoms out there, the furry fandom. And um, while I do realize that many of your listeners called in with a lot of complaints, I came in with kind of a question. Your your sex advice column talks a lot about a, lo- a lot about a lot of very different and diverse sexual kinks. And the fandom, while everybody says it isn't, is 
to some extent has a large uh, sexual community, but it's part of it. And most of the people who rant and rail on the sexual part of it are people who don't aren't part of the kink. And that makes sense. But my question is, why is it that furries are the one, well, one of the many um, sexual kinks that everybody hates? It's just, in, as far as I can tell, they're not widely accepted by anyone. So I was wondering, why, in your opinion, is it that the furries are viewed with such distaste? when compared to things like at BDSM or some of the kinky uh, cosplay that's out there. What's the difference between furries and why is there so much hate toward them? I don't think people hate furries so much as people are a little mystified by fur- yeah. I don't. There's not a lot of furry bashing that goes on or violence or armed gangs of thuggish high school students out there bashing furries outside of furry conventions. Um, people are just a little like, Squicked. Squicked. Weirded out. Uh, you know, and there's that tiny bit of overlap with kind of, you know, it tweaks some people's bestiality nerves, uh, which, you know, it isn't. It isn't bestiality. Uh, it's not bestiality. People who are into furries or uh, fursuits or mascot shit don't want to fuck your dog. Uh, they don't. Um, but, you know, it squicks people out a little bit uh, in that way. And, and, and why doesn't BDSM not? Well, studies show that something like half or 60% of all people want to be tied up or tie up a partner at some point. Uh, BDSM is just more common and for many people more understandable. Uh, but, you know, somebody who's got a crazy, fully tricked out dungeon in their house, people are going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Just like somebody who's got whole bunch of fursuits in their house. People are going to be a little bit like, wow, dude, what the fuck? But don't mistake unfamiliarity um, and that like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck for hate. Mm-hmm. And yours is a new thing. Furrydom, like, you know, balloon fetishes and uh, other, you know, minority uh, kinks. Uh, the, the, the furry community is really a creation of the internet, which is only like 10, 15, 20 years old. Uh, and and you're new. You're new on the scene. People are still getting used to you. People are still digesting you, uh, learning to appreciate what it is that you bring to the the, the crazy fucking uh, batshit buffet that is human sexuality. Uh, and, and this, it, it's not a hazing or anything. It's just a, a process. It takes a little time. One day you will be familiar and boring and fur suited, and nobody will give a shit anymore. Um, but I'd hardly say that you know people are into furry fetish are persecuted or hated on or bashed uh, people are just a little bit like wow what the fuck dude and you should welcome that because what that is is it's the beginning of the conversation about your kink that allows you to destigmatize it to familiarize people with it that initial reaction which may have some recoiling in it because of the bestiality squick um, that allows you to have that conversation to talk about your kink talk about what it means uh, talk about what it is and what it isn't um, and the more you talk about it, the more at ease people are about it. You know, it took... How long did it take interracial relationships to get their first kiss on television, on Star Trek? And it had to be space aliens interracials. We couldn't have uh, an actual interracial kiss on television in the 60s or 70s. Actually, there was one. On what? There was one. It was I think it was Sammy Davis got a kiss from, I can't remember, a white lady on the cheek, and it was a big deal. But then Star Trek was the big one that yeah. everyone talks about. And, and, that, and that was a forced kiss. The aliens force them to make out. It's oh not even because they're hot for each other. They're Those like, oh, God, don't make out. Aliens are so mean that way. Uh, <laughs> and, and there have been, like, furry plot lines where furries have been presented as kind of 
harmless kinksters mm-hmm. uh, and fun on a couple of television shows in the last decade. So you've already mm-hmm. achieved that kind of uh, cultural stamp of approval, you know, not normalcy, but part of the human uh, batshit buffet, the human sexuality batshit buffet. You're already there. Uh, would you date someone who's a furry? I don't think so. Um, Bigot? Sorry. I'm going to have to glitter. What would a furry glittering be like? I'd have to throw, like, hair clippings at you or something. <laughs> uh, so, uh, stop whining. Stop whining, furry. Yeah. Get your furry ass out there. Get up on your hind legs. <laughs> Welcome those what-the-fuck moments so you can have conversations about your kink and demystify it for people. Yes. Uh, stop feeling so hated on. Nobody hates a furry. How could you? Oh, they're so they're cute. They're so cute. Cuddly. You just hope they've been dry cleaned since the last <laughs> time they got fucked on out there. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I am a 19-year-old genderqueer woman, whatever, genders with whatever thing, at a women's college. Um, and I'm a first year, and um, when I came to my school, I was just kind of like, okay, like, I'm going to be a lesbian, like, whatever. Like, I just, like, I kind of, like, thought I had, like, this realization about, like, my sexuality, and I was like, yes, I'm a lesbian. But then I come to a women's women's college to meet queer, feminist, women, lesbians, you know, the whole nine yards, and then I meet a frat boy, because every, all the girls here, like, go out to the frat parties, because... Meet guys every once in a while. So I started dating him, and we were kind of casual for a while, and now we've been dating for like three and a half months, like officially. I love him a lot. (laughs) I've like really fallen for him, but now that I'm like starting to make more friends and stuff, it's just kind of like, oh shit. Like I'm meeting more people, and therefore more hot women. That's the thing. Like I'm in a relationship with a guy, but like, who I love like so dearly, but I kind of want to experiment with my sexuality. I've never had a girlfriend before, but I've always liked girls. I've known since I was 13, you know, so help me. What do I do? Hello, bisexual lady. Yellow. This isn't hard. You talk to your frat boy boyfriend uh, about this. You say that, you know, before I met you, I thought I was lesbian. Obviously, I'm bisexual. Um, and I'd like to eat some pussy while I'm at college. Hope that's okay with you. I bet, frat boy that he is, he's into it. Uh, yes. Or ask for a threesome. Are you into that? She might not be into that. She might just want the pussy all to herself. And that's fine. Go get it. <laughs> but, uh, this is... I, I would file this under not a problem. No. Not a problem. Uh, you know, you love this guy. You're into him. You love his frat thing that he's working. Uh, you love his big frat cock. You love everything about him. Um, I bet uh, he would, if he loves everything about you, that he probably loves your kind of dikey by vibe. Uh, and he signed up for that with eyes open. 
And for you to say, you know, I'm 19, I just got to college, I want to live a little, I want to eat a little pussy, I want to explore my sexuality, and I'd like you to be along for that ride, in on those explorations with me, part of what makes that exploration possible and fun, he'll say yes, you just have to risk being honest with him. And then, of course, you have to risk being honest with the women Mm -hmm. that you're dating, or the pussies that you're eating. You can't present as available, you can't present, you know, available exclusively, and you can't present as a, a lesbian. Uh, you can't claim to be a lesbian when you're banging the shit out of a frat boy. Well, you can. Uh, just They shouldn't believe you. Just be as open and honest with the women that you're trying to get into bed as you should be and hopefully are and have been with your frat boy. And send pics. Ooh, yes. Hello, Dan. Um, my name is Kate. Um, I am a 27-year-old um, hetero-ish female. I've never experimented with women, although I've thought about it a lot. And... Um, I, I've only ever been sexually, aside from kissing, with, um, with men. And I find that men are eager to go down in the beginning of the relationship. And then once they, like within the first couple of days, maybe a couple of times, and then um, once they get you going with the reciprocal oral sex, the kind of stops. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then I'm just stuck getting blowjobs. And Uh, As a result, I think of this, um, I've never been able to come from oral sex, and I really think I'm capable of it. I've got a very uh, healthy sexual outlook. Um, I've always been a very sexual person. Uh, I have been masturbating furiously for my whole life, and it it turns me on to think about a man or a woman down there. But And I'm not self-conscious about my smell. I love my smell. I love my taste. Um, But when I think, I think I freak men out when I tell them that I've never come from oral sex, and I think I think that that makes them feel like, oh, she doesn't want it or it's pointless. And then they just don't try. But even even if I have told somebody that, and I can think of one person, and he, he, he made it his mission to try and make me come, and I just, I just couldn't. And I don't know if that was because of pressure or what, but I, I have a hard time receiving pleasure and not giving any. Um, I get very self-conscious about the fact that I'm just laying there doing nothing. Um, even if I know they love to go down, um, I still get self-conscious that I'm not doing anything to help them. You want to take this one, pussy yes. haver? Yes. I think you you are anxious. You just said I'm very anxious. And I can't, if I'm with a guy and the first couple times we hook up and he goes down on me, I'm not going to have an orgasm. And I know that because I know that I don't. I'm you like had an nervous. orgasm the first time I went down on you. Well, you're different. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just because it's someone new or it's a new thing. And so you are nervous. So you have to just chill out. And if and she's so nervous that she never comes uh, through oral sex because she's so in her head about it. Mm-hmm. It could be that the guy she's with stop going down on her because they get the impression that she's not into it. Uh, some people don't like to be gone down on. And there are some women out there who don't like to be gone down on who feel pressured to pretend that they do like it. And so there are guys who, you know, feel like maybe she doesn't like it and I should stop, but she seems to like sucking my dick, or I like her sucking my dick, so I'm not going to object to that, even though I've stopped going down on her and she's not objecting. Um, the real issue, though, is this hang-up she has about receiving pleasure while not doing for him, not doing for the man, you know, not being playing that female role of of taking care of him and uh, you know letting him take care of you. That's a that's a problem that hang up. Um, and my advice to her would be uh, the way around that is to have whole sex sessions where you don't do anything. Ooh. Where you, and you make that explicit. Like sometimes I'm going to blow you and I'm not even get undressed. I'm not going to come. 
Uh, it's not about me at all. It's just about you and your dick, and I want you to have a blast in my mouth. And then other times, you know, you're going to go down on me, and, you know, this is one of those times. You're going to go down on me. You can leave your clothes on. Don't even take your dick out. You're just going to eat my pussy until I come. And then you have permission to do nothing. It is a part of what's sexy in that scene, in that moment. And you need to do that. Lay that out with the next guy you're with. I've never come from having oral sex because what happens is I start feeling guilty halfway through because I'm not doing anything. So you know what? We're going to do oral and I'm not going to do anything. And I bet what you'll get from the guy is enthusiastic assent. That that will sound sexy to him. There are guys out there who just want to eat your pussy and service you. Mm-hmm. Find one. You may already have found one, but because you weren't putting that out there, he didn't get to nominate, self-nominate. It's true. Have you ever been with a guy who just wanted to eat you out and didn't want you to do nothing? Yeah. Was his name Dan Savage? <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you would throw up on me. <laughs> on, in, around, ah, near. And that's a whole other fetish. Is that bad? That you don't like that, pussy? That I'm squicked out by pussy. Some people no. think that's really gynophobic and sexist, that as a gay guy, I'm like, ah, ah. Well, that's why you're gay. And that's I'm not why gay because I... I think pussy's gross. Well, no, not because, but that's just part of your, you don't need to like it. That's like, you don't need to, like, I don't know, having anal sex or, like, want to be around someone's ass. But you do. And that's what makes you special and unique. Not anyone's ass. No. Like, one of the things that, sex, you know, homophobic people will insist is, like, gay guys are just so into ass, they'll take any ass. No. No. It has to be an ass attached to someone special. that I'm attracted to otherwise. This beautiful snowflake of an ass. <laughs> but no, I A think it's A beautiful fine. brown asterisk of an ass. Well, that's like saying I want... I'm attracted to, like, every penis ever, because I'm attracted to I've been guys. saying that about you since I met you. And it might be true. Yes. But this girl, she just needs to relax and let a guy please her. Yeah. And if she's worried that, you know, she's going to start thinking about what he's thinking about, like, he may be annoyed now because it's been so long and I haven't come yet, or he may be annoyed because I've been doing nothing while he eats me out for so long, just verbalize that. Put that out there. Get him to say, no, no, I don't care. I'm having a blast. And then you should be able to relax. And medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Uh, hey, Dan. This is Dominic. I'm calling because well, something weird just happened. I had a fantastic date with a tremendous guy. And um, he came back to my place. And... Anyway, long story short, it turns out to be a bottom, and I am a bottom as well. And uh, I recently found out that I am a bottom who is attracted to bottoms, and it's become extremely problematic for me because it keeps happening, and um, it's troubling because uh, most of the tops who um, I find in my life, I'm not attracted to. I'm attracted to bottom socially and having a hard time dealing with that when it becomes not just social and it becomes about screwing. So you're a bottom. Yeah, what I was would, just thinking that. What would your advice be? If I met another male bottom. Yeah. I don't see this as a huge... I mean, I don't know. I'm not gay man, so I don't understand. I'm not gay man. I'm not a gay man. Man. Um... I don't know. I feel like what if you, if it's about, does he just want to get fucked? Is that what the problem is? Yeah, and they, the guy won't fuck him because he's a bottom? Yeah, they both want to be the one who gets fucked. Oh, but no one will switch. Right. I guess neither's versatile, and there are no double-ended dildos in their part of the country. Oh, no. No chairs they can turn over and enjoy together. 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes, at least for straight people, like this problem, to me, this is just like, who wants, I don't know, you just have to become selfish. <laughs> I, think, I love that. <laughs> I think you have to become versatile and take turns. You know, there are lots yeah. of, uh, when it comes to gay relationships, they're often, you know, two guys together where both given their druthers would you'd be primarily one role or the other most of the time. And they kind of like switch it up and take turns because they love each other enough. And then every once in a while, just to, you know, take a walk on the wild side, they invite a very special guest star over who's, mm. you know, 100% top who fucks the shit out of both of them. And how sexy is that? Uh, and also, you know, you can deprioritize anal sex. When people talk about this top-bottom shit, they're talking about butt-fucking. And if you guys really like each other, there's mutual masturbation, there's oral sex, there's frittage, there's all sorts of other... There's fantasy, there's role plays, all sorts of other things you can do that are as sexy and as fun. And then you can reserve anal for your double-ended dildo that you bust out every once in a while. You guys can have a top in a drawer <laughs> that can top you both whenever Ooh, yeah. you need it too uh, but you know I hate it when guys are limited that way where they can't date somebody only because you know when it comes to anal they're kind of a mix match just, everything else is so hard to find you know it's really hard to find somebody that you love that you like that you get along with that you like spending time with who makes your dick hard uh, dumping that person just because uh, the anal isn't a perfect fit the butt fucking isn't you know your ideal is a little silly. That's over. That's part putting more priority on butt fucking than on humans. Yeah. And I think you should prioritize a human being for a boyfriend. Ooh. What do you think? I agree. Well, I'm, I keep trying to think of my equivalent to this. Like, if I had a boyfriend who wanted me to fuck him, which would be fun. <laughs> but as long as he would fuck me, you know what I mean. As long as there was switching. Reciprocity. Wow, that was spooky. We start talking about ass fucking, and then who should appear? Terry Bear. Terry. Yay. My husband knocked on the door mid-ass fucking answer. Speak of the devil. Uh, and his butt buddy will appear. <laughs> so would you date a guy who is into butt sex, into getting fucked? Into a straight bottom dude? Would you use a strap on? Yeah, as long as I didn't have to do it all the time. And we could switch it up. Because, I don't know, I've never done it before, though, so maybe I'll I don't bored. believe you. I've never been allowed. It's so popular with the young people. Strap so on sex. So many guys don't even like the finger in there. Really? So, yeah. I you, think they have the whole fear. The fear that there's a magic button in their ass and you could accidentally press it and it'll turn them 100% gay. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I would walk up and down Fifth Avenue doing it all day. <laughs> and we're going to leave it there. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Dan. For coming uh, to do the podcast with me again for old time's sake. Nice. And if we do a second season, we'll get to do this again. Yes, every week. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call for a future show, a question, or a comment, do give us a buzz. And you can go to thestranger.com slash lovecast if you would like to leave a comment on any particular show in print form. Follow me at Twitter, uh, where my handle is at FakeDanSavage. I am now uh, verified on Twitter, which means I am the real FakeDanSavage. Except no fake substitutes for the actual FakeDanSavage. Uh, and me and the tech savvy at risk youth, but sadly not Lucy. We'll be back at you another week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading, thanks for listening, and be sure to watch tonight on MTV, the first uh, episode of Savage You. Uh, thanks, Luce. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Let's go get drunk. Yay!